Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 181, which we are recording on Tuesday, December 4th, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's December. Yay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Getting close to the end of the year. Yeah, very close. Kind of remarkable. Mm-hmm. So what are you wearing today? Well, I was just telling Gail, it's obviously, she can see what I'm wearing, but it <laughs> is my Gather Together by Hohi Locatelli. And what I was telling her is that I believe this is one of the sweaters that I did not wear very often last year. And here it is, only the beginning of December, and it's already the second time that I've taken it out of mothballs, so to speak. I don't <laughs> use mothballs, but taken it out of storage and worn it again. So, yay. <laughs> it's a very nice sweater. Gathered Together is a tunic length. I wear it almost as a pullover because I do. don't even unbutton it but it is designed as a cardigan a tunic length a-line cardigan and it has a cabled yoke so it's almost like a circular yoke in the fact in the fact that all the increases because it's knit top down so all the increases for the fronts and the backs and the sleeves are incorporated into the cabling pattern around the yoke it's very nice it was fun to knit. Yes. Yeah. I use mine like a coat. Yeah. Heavier and yes. stiffer. So I mm. wouldn't work more as a pullover for me. Oh, yeah. The yarn I used, I used Dururum Natura Gilead. And it is a yarn from, I know it's from Europe. I don't France. know where in Europe. It's a French, it's a French yarn. A yarn French from France. And... I believe it's on the lighter end of yarns that can be used for this sweater. So like Gail said, she she made hers in a a more hardy yarn or a Aran Aran weight yarn. Heavy worsted to Aran weight. Okay. And so hers is more coat-like than mine is. And yeah, I just haven't worn it all that much recently. I knit it back in April of 2015. Long time ago. Yeah. So hopefully this year I'll get a little bit more wear out of it because it is a nice tunic. I'm enjoying it. It's keeping me warm today. Yeah. And our weather, every podcast recently we've said it's been getting chillier, but the weather temperature really dropped the last week or so. So it's in the 30s or 40s in the mornings now. And so I've been wearing a lot of hand knits and that's the perfect type (laughs) Leaving the house. I have my Citadel out, Mm -hmm. which is a similar type of garment. So sitting out, available to grab as I walk (laughs) out the door on a regular basis. So it's out of mothballs. Right. (laughs) And how about you, Gail? What are you wearing? So I'm wearing two hand knits today. That's how chilly it is. I'm wearing my Archer sweater by Elizabeth Doherty, which is a pullover fingering weight sweater. But I knit mine in a super tunic length, which means that on... It has a split hem, so my back hem goes probably three-quarters of the way down my thigh. So my the back of mine is very, very long, longer than most tunics that I wear. So I think I called my project the Archer Dress or mm-hmm. something, but it's not quite dress length in the front, but close. So I love this sweater. It's a really fun design that has Elizabeth's signature vertical braids incorporated into it, but they're done 
on an arch instead of straight across. So it was a very fun knit, very interesting design. There were a lot of short rows and it kept you on your toes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so the top part with that arch and the vertical braid is one color. And then from there down is striped. So I did a dragonfly fibers fingering in red bud, which is a beautiful tonal pink. And then my stripe is Anzula, a sparkly speckled yarn called Jawbreaker. Lunaris maybe might be the base. And it's just a really fun sweater. It's very bright and happy and just fun to wear. So it I'm is. wearing Archer. And the second hand knit I'm wearing is my Pay Cowl by Michelle Wang. And I knit this one in an Angora Merino blend that I bought at Lambtown the year we went to Lambtown. So it was a small vendor who I've never seen before or since. And I bought two precious little skeins to knit this cowl and it is so soft. It's natural color and it's just so soft. I've been wearing this and lots of cowls and scarves lately. I think pretty much every time I leave the house, I have either a cowl or a scarf on. So it's great. And I've been wearing hats and mitts. I've been wearing all the things. Even my, I've been even wearing socks, hand knit socks. So it's been delightful for knitwear here in San Cruz. I have been too. I was surprised by that because I was thinking, maybe I'm just not going to have the chance to wear my hand knit socks that much anymore. And then this year I have been wearing them too. Because again, last year, I think I barely wore them. So I did. I had them out. I don't know how often I wore them, but I'm definitely reaching for them a lot more now. So I think there are going to be some more socks in my future. Not that I necessarily need more, but you know, <laughs> it's something fun to knit. So that's what I'm wearing. What have you been stocking? Well, the first thing I'm stocking is a pattern that when you look on Ravelry and see that there's only 25 projects, it seems like it's not a very popular pattern. But for some reason, I have been seeing this sweater. I feel like I've been seeing this sweater everywhere. And so all 25 are in Santa Cruz? I don't know. <laughs> it's, Maybe. It's just that perhaps perhaps I happen to be following an inordinate number of people who are making it. Oh, on seeing Instagram. them online or Instagram. Yeah. Okay, I thought or you meant something. live in person. I, well, no, not live in person, okay. but online on number one on instagram and then for some reason i keep getting led back to it on ravelry and the pattern is pattern was released in september so it's not brand new and i remember when it was released because i do like a lot of bristol ivy's design so i make sure to follow well i do she's one of my favorite designers on ravelry so she shows up in my feed i'm laughing because i'm stuck in wrestling pattern too and oh. that's very unusual for me so go ahead <laughs> wow that is i unusual. know it's yeah. we're on the same wavelength as always so this is the sweater called sashiko not the same sweater you're stocking. no it's it? not okay. the same sweater just the same designer yeah and this like i said only 25 projects but i keep seeing it I don't know how that is possible, but so it keeps coming up and every time I see it, I like it and then I kind of move back from it a little bit and then I see it again and I get all excited and then kind of move back from it a little bit. It's a pullover. It has positive ease. 
it's in the pattern on the pattern page on Ravelry. It says it is knit top down and it is knit sideways. So you know somehow there's yeah, interesting construction in sure. there, which is one of the reasons why I like Bristol Ivy patterns because she often has something unusual, some interesting construction to it. The pullover is it's a little flared, so it's a line, and it has a horizontal stitch. It's kind of a crew neck, and it has a horizontal stitch on the front of the chest. And then the stitch pattern goes vertical on the sides of the sweater, which I think is very Ooh, flattering. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. So somehow, maybe the maybe the sweater is knit. Well, it's knit in different directions. Yeah, on I was different just parts say of the sweater. Like from here. Yeah. yeah, and it seems flattering. I haven't purchased the pattern, so I don't know how it's done, but it looks interesting and. We'll see if I ever get around to knitting it. I well, just keep coming back to it. That, to me, if you keep coming back to it, that is a sign. That's usually a good sign. Yeah. yeah. But what it also led me to, led me back to, is to pick up Bristol Ivy's book called Knitting Outside the Box, which I have, and I still haven't knit anything from it. Even though you can see my bookmark. I see your bookmark. <laughs> it's a real live bookmark with a little ribbon yes, at the top. Yes, it is. And I look at this book quite a bit, and there are several patterns that I do want to knit from in there. One of them is called O'Keefe, and I know I've stalked this yes, one you have. on the podcast before. And this one is similar shaping to the Sashiko, but fewer of the different stitch patterns. This one looks like it's mostly stockinette where mostly stockinette and then on the side it's got these what look like gussets even though they're really just part of the sweater but they look like gussets and the gussets on the side are what create the A-line shaping and then the gussets are in a different stitch pattern. So it's I think it's pretty neat to have this on the side. Mm -hmm. You've got this different look. Well, and it's probably flattering too to put like a gusset type design on mm -hmm. the side of your body like that. It always yeah. sums your yeah. profile. Yeah, I think so. And the they kind of have that angle. It, you you can see on one of the photos. You kind of see the gusset where the angle comes in the front. Mm -hmm. and I, don't, I think it's really neat. I quite like this one. And so this one, I've had my eye on this one since I got the book. And I think since it takes a lot of yard, a lot of yarn. And is it fingering? It is light fingering. Oh, okay. That says coast. I know. I could. <laughs> But, okay, so the smallest size of this sweater, because it is a long sweater as well, and the smallest size, it says it takes 1,509 yards. Ooh, so 1,500 that's yards. That's a lot the smallest of yardage size. for the wow. smallest size. Yeah. Not that I would even make the smallest size. I'm, I haven't even investigated that far about which size I would make. But just starting there, you know that that would be the minimum amount of yarn you would need. Mm-hmm. I have still have that one skein of Wolmai's lace scarf. Oh yeah, that would work. 
That skein is 17.22 yards. Yeah, that would absolutely work. Yeah. Uh, Letting that out. Yeah. <laughs> Popo wants to go outside, and Boo's sitting right next to us. He claimed his spot early on. So the the big jumbo skein of lace garn, I've never used for anything because of the yardage. I don't want to make something that only uses a thousand yards right. and then have 700 yards left, which is not quite enough to do another sweater. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it might be a perfect fit for this. That would be good. And it's be a really nice yarn to knit with. Yeah. Yeah. Really that's nice. what I've heard. I've never tried it. So I could try something, try a new yarn and knit something from this book, which would both be good things. <laughs> yeah, and that's Woolmy's Lace Garn, which in Ravelry I think is listed as lace weight, maybe heavy lace. Oh, But okay. it's between a heavy lace and a light fingering, in my opinion. I think it would be perfect yeah. for that. It doesn't even, it doesn't, it looks much thicker than lace weight. I agree. Too, when you look at it. So, like I said, I need to use, I need to use that yarn on something that needs a large amount of yarn. So this might be the perfect fit for it. Self-indulgent knit. Oh, good idea. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind. That's a good idea because then I don't have to think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> and you already have the yarn. Yeah, that's a good idea. So there are, let's see, 35 projects on Ravelry. And I started to look through the projects and the one thing that I did notice was to check the errata for the pattern oh. before you start. So I have to remember to do that. I'm not used to knitting from a printed source anymore. Yeah, same here. I'm so used to having my patterns in electronic format. And if there's big errors in publishing... The designers generally correct them on the electronic file and release an update. Then, and release an update. Yeah. yeah. So this this is old school to me that I'm gonna have to wow look for errata and pencil it in and make sure that That's a good pro tip right there. Yeah. For anyone who's knitting from a printed source like a book or a magazine Always look for errata before you start your project. Always, always, yeah, always. It can come back and bite you. Yeah, I remember always doing that years and years ago in my knitting when I always knit from a printed source. Even if you buy a hard copy pattern, like in oh, yeah. local yarn stores oh, and yeah. things, because they do, there are, that's a common thing in a lot of places now is to have the hard copy pattern as well. Yeah, Yep. exactly. I didn't even think of that. So that was O'Keefe by Bristol Ivy. And then the third thing I am stalking. She smiled when she said that, so I can't <laughs> wait to see what it is. Kitty cat leg warmers. <laughs> you better not have favored in that pattern. <laughs> this just makes me smile, makes me laugh. It's called Strike a Pause, P-A-W-S, pause, strike a pause, and it's by the designer Kasapinka, who please requests, kindly requests on the pattern page, please do not favorite this pattern. 
I do not want to be known as the designer who made it to the hot right now page on Ravelry for her free cat leg warmers. I won't be able to hold my head up at home, so quietly download it and move along. Thank you. <laughs> and I let me be tell her you, real life someday. She's got to be so, so funny. hard because when I was looking at it on my phone and it's on a tiny page, it'd be so easy to just oh accidentally hover the finger <laughs> over the favorites and you look at it and you laugh and i want to favorite it but i want to honor the designer's request <laughs> i actually i don't spend much time on instagram but recently there was someone who i follow who did a home video that actually made some and their cat did you see it i did see that yeah, the cat I was shook gonna, them off right away i was, was going to talk about that that was mickey who oh, Mickey lives Thompson. In, yes, there we go. Who lives in San Diego, and she made a pair for her cat. And I watched that video over I and did too. over because it was so <laughs> hilarious. So she made the leg warmers, put them on her cat, and I don't know how long they had been on the cat, but I suspect not very long because the cat immediately shook his paw. And the leg warmer flew towards the camera, <laughs> and then that's when it ended. But it was hilarious. It was perfectly timed. It was so funny, and it was just so cat. It was. It was very funny. And it's funny because the pattern pictures, that cat looks rather calm about having leg warmers on. Very calm. Yes, the cat totally looks calm. And I had to laugh because part of me is thinking, okay, Maybe she put the leg warmers on the cat and the cat fell over and thought it couldn't walk. <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because at one time we had a cat years and years ago. And I cannot remember why, but we put a harness on him for some reason. And the harness was attached to a leash. So we put the harness on him and he did that. He immediately fell over and thought he couldn't walk. <laughs> And we were never able to get him to get up and move with the harness with on. the harness on. The first time we ever put a leash on Lucy, she you would have thought we'd lit her paws on fire. She was jumping around and yelping. It was absolutely hysterical. So this picture of the cat on the pattern page laying there looking at the camera calmly with the leg warmers on, that's what that reminds me of, a cat that has fallen over and thinks he can't walk. So, And that is Strike a Pause by Casa Pinka. How about you, Gail? What are you stalking? Well, I'm not stalking anything related to either lawn flamingos or cats. <laughs> I'm actually stalking three different categories of things. And let me do my Bristol Ivy one first. Yeah, it's the Fairchild sweater. And it's from Pomcom Quarterly Winter 2014. Oh, okay. And I loved it when I saw it the first time. And I don't know how it came across my radar again. It's a DK weight pullover. And we know that I love pullovers and DK weight sweaters. So it definitely fits those criteria for me. And it has a circular yoke, but there are no designs in the yoke. It's just circular design. And then it has pockets. And the way the model is standing, it looks like almost a kangaroo pocket, but I don't think it's a kangaroo pocket. And it just looks really cute and comfortable and would go with pretty much everything in my wardrobe. So that is Fairchild by Bristol Ivy. 
And the other two are categories. So blankets, it's been so chilly that we've been reaching for all the blankets in our house. And I've been working on my sock yarn blanket, so blankets are just on my radar. And I asked Max last night, I said, would you want a knit blanket? And he said, heck yeah. (laughs) And so we were talking about blankets and there are two designs in particular. The newest one is a brand new pattern called Northeasterly by Melissa Alexander Loomis. And it's a variation of a sock yarn blanket, but she, in her pattern description on Ravelry, says you can, for example, knit it with any weight yarn, but you could also use DK weight yarn and fingering yarn held double. So you could use up two different weights of, of scraps in your stash. And it's done in a way that almost looks like a chevron, but they're strips. So imagine you start with one strip and you knit until that scrap runs out. And then you join the next color and you knit as long as you want until that scrap runs out. And then I think you pick up stitches along one side of that strip and start another one right next to it or adjacent to it. I'm not exactly sure. You probably have to pick up stitches as you go and you do the same thing. So you can knit as many strips across as you want as you're going. So you decide you're bored and you just want a giant cushion for a pillow. (laughs) There you go. Or you decide you really love this and you're going to spend five years working on it and you make something for a king size bed. There is no initial cast on number that limits you to a size once you've already started. So that's another thing I liked about it. So that is the Northeasterly by Melissa Alexander Loomis. Check it out. And plus the project picture she or pattern picture she has up as the main one you see in hot right now the colors just sing to me they're just totally my colors so that makes it that helps yeah i had to click on it immediately you don't have to visualize it in other colors exactly and the second one i'm restocking is bits and bobs by Kay jones and that is the one i knit for my granddaughter to be olivia and really enjoyed knitting that and it made such a thick nice fabric with the fisherman's rib that I'm hoping Max says, yes, I want one like that. And that one you hold two strands of fingering weight yarn together through the whole blanket. So he said, I want something with thick yarn. So you could knit that in any weight you wanted as well. So we'll see where his ideas take us on that. But I think I'll be starting another blanket as soon as my current sock yarn blanket (laughs) is done. It's kind of fun to have that in the background. Yeah. It's just neat. Blankets are, I enjoy working on blankets. So do I. And especially both of these use your your scraps and leftovers, bits and bobs. One of the colors you hold can be a single color through the whole blanket, and then you join in scraps as you need to. Mm -hmm. So it's also intended to use up scraps. So I love that idea on both of them. And the third category, I'm stocking hokey patterns. And yeah, that's not unusual for us. We know. No, it's not. <laughs> but I was given a gift certificate for our local yarn store. <laughs> Sorry, Nani's chewing on newspaper in the background today. And I went in, there was a particular skein of candy skein yarn that I've been coveting for several weeks, if not months. The colorway is, <laughs> now Nani's talking to us, the colorway name is Earl Ray Latte, as opposed to Earl Grey Latte, mm-hmm. and it's a colorway named off of her Star Wars snack series, and it's just a beautiful skein of kind of off-white with 
some blues in it and then speckles of brown and blue and i had a gift certificate so i decided i was gonna buy the yarn and i sent a picture to our friend tammy and i said look what i just bought and she said oh my gosh i'm i'm listening to your podcast right now and you just happened to text me and i'm knitting a hat with that exact same colorway right now so woo (laughs) same wavelength with tammy too yeah that's funny and then she told us that she is doing a candy skein hohe knit along that started December 1st and goes through December and January. And here I have this brand new skein of candy skein yarn. And she said, any hohe pattern using at least one skein of candy skein qualifies. And the prizes are gift certificates for candy skein yarn. So I was looking through my stash and I have another skein of yarn I bought at Vogue Knitting Live. It's Hugh Loco, my first skein ever of her yarn. And it's a colorway called Whale Song. And it's a blue base with the same speckles as Earl Ray Latte. So they go really well together. And as I was comparing them at home, as you do when you take out all your new pretties <laughs> and you're looking and seeing, ooh, what can I knit with this? The weirdest thing happened. I decided I needed brown to go with these <laughs> colors. And if you know me, I have i don't use brown. I just don't wear it. I don't use it. It's not a color that appeals to me. But it but, will look so nice Yeah, together. the speckles in these yarns just demanded brown. So I was looking at Hohe patterns thinking, what pattern would this work for? And Hohe is what it's got to be. So Charlene and I each knit Hohe earlier this year. It's a three-color shawl, crescent-shaped shawl. We both really love knitting it. And it's one of the shawls I reach for the most often in my shawl collection. Yeah, so, I've been wearing that one a lot. Too. Yeah, it's just such a nice weight, and it's so pretty, and it was fun to knit. So I'm going to knit Hahui for Candy Skein's Hohe Along using those two speckled, and then I did buy a third skein. <laughs> well, I didn't. The sec- the middle one was a gift certificate. So. Right. But yesterday... Charlene was working and I really needed the brown for the edge. So I had to, I had to go look for a brown and I did find another candy skein color. Just coincidentally, fudge brownie is the name of the third color I'm going to use. It and it's, works so well. uh, it's so pretty. It's the same color brown as the speckles in Earl Ray Latte. So it's just perfect. And the colorway name sang to me also because Max and I have been baking together a lot and our new favorite thing to bake are fudge brownies. Because if you've ever watched the show, The Great British Bake Off, and if you remember Liam, who was on the show, he has a brownie recipe that is amazing. So Liam's brownies, there's a recipe out there. They're amazing. So fudge brownie, I was like, okay, yeah, I've got to have this colorway. It all <laughs> works together, and we will be on the needles by the next podcast. Okay. So that's a long list of the things I'm stocking. We would like to thank our sponsor for December, which is a duo this month. Marion of Marionated Yarns and Katie of Katinka Designs are joining forces for another year of Knitmas Kits, this time with two pattern options in Marion's signature gradient colorways. Go to www.marionatedyarns.com then select kits to choose either the shawl or poncho design in a merino, cashmere, nylon fingering base. Five stunning colorway options are available for each, and the kits are rounded out with a Ravelry pattern download, a Rumi project bag, which is a special collaboration with Bloom Handmade Studios, and other notions, treats, and fun extras. It's the perfect gift for yourself or your favorite knitter. 
Kits will ship December 15th with earlier shipping also available. And both patterns will also be individually released mid-December. Merry Knitmas! And we have been big fans of Katinka Designs. Yes, we have. Katie, we've met her in person. <laughs> she is an absolute delight. And I've not used marionated yarns yet, but I'm looking forward to it because they will also be at Stitches West in February. Marionated Yarns will have a booth and Katie will be there working in the booth with some of her hard copy patterns. And the two kits are so pretty. One is a shawl that it looks like it's probably slip stitches for the color work sections. Mm -hmm. And the other is a poncho with a turtleneck and a cable down the middle and a gradient. And it's so pretty. I see that probably in my future. (laughs) So thank you, Katie and Marion. And that's Marion Aided Yarns. I always was typing in marinated, but her name is Marion. Marion Marion Aided Yarns. So we look forward to seeing you at Stitches. Stitches 2019. Yay. All right, what have you been knitting? Okay, I am still knitting on my Like a Cloud. I say still knitting, even though I've only been working on it a month, but I love this sweater. Like a Cloud is a lace weight oversized cardigan with kind of an open front. There's no fastenings and no button band really on the front. So the front's just gonna curl a little bit and in the lightweight, fabric that's made with the lace i've got a big smile on my face it's just going to be lightweight and yummy the original yarn that hohi used she used a combination of two lace weight yarns one of them a mohair there are so many sweaters now with mohair not just sweaters there are so many everything Uh, everything coming out with mohair combos so mohair is hot right now But I did not have any mohair in my stash, and I wanted to start this immediately, so I am just using one strand of lace weight. It's a Dragonfly Fibers lace weight, and it's very soft and very fluffy, and I think it's turning out just fine. (laughs) And that's another thing I can't wait to see at Stitches West is Dragonfly Fibers squishy lace, because now that I've seen it, Knit live and I want some. it. It's so nice. It's this sweater beautiful. is just going to be so lightweight, like a cloud. Like it a cloud. really is. I I envision tossing it up and having it just float down. You know, because <laughs> it's, it's like a laundry so commercial. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not really going to do that, but I can envision that because it just feels so good and light. So I'm very excited. I'm on the second sleeve. And once I finish the second sleeve, I will be finished with the sweater. Yay! Yeah. And it's got a pat- stitch, an all-over stitch pattern to it that's kind of a checkerboard, but not a traditional checkerboard. It's got got like these little puffy squares. Waffles. All over. Waffles like kind waffles of more me, than yeah. checkerboard. Waffles so in I'm a good not, way. Yes. yes. So I'm not really sure how I'm going to block it yet either because I think uh, when Hohi made hers, I think she blocked hers in the traditional way because in the pattern she mentions that her sweater grew several inches when she blocked it. So I'm not sure if I'm going to really stretch mine out. We'll just see. Because I really like the the poofiness of yeah. the stitch pattern. And I'm not sure if I block it. Obviously, if I block it aggressively, 
it'll the fabric will flatten out. So it's going to be somewhere in between that because I can't avoid washing it. The sweater will have to be washed. But <laughs> so we'll see how that it goes. Funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very excited, and I haven't finished it, and I already want to make another one in a lighter gray or a neutral color. Uh-huh. A color color of a cloud is what I'm picturing in my head. Yeah. yeah. So that is Like a Cloud by Hohi Logatelli. The second thing I am working on is my Volkig Cowl, which is a pattern by Martina Bem. It's a free pattern that was originally published in Knitty. And I've been working on this one a little bit. It's been in my purse off and on, somewhat my travel project. I'm not exactly sure how this cowl is going to play out for me. If you recall, I made it, I originally started it because it was something, this pattern is something that I made for my mom before she passed away. Last year, I made it for her. And I thought, oh, maybe I'd like to have one too for myself. And yeah, I'm not sure about the emotional baggage and significance that's going along with it. So I'm enjoying working on it. So I'll keep going. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) The third thing I am knitting is a new hat pattern called Hattie by Elizabeth Doherty. And yes, it sounds funny to say a hat pattern called Hattie, but it's not H-A-T-T-I-E. It is H-A-D-D-I-E. So Hattie, not Hattie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And according to Elizabeth, it's named after, I'm not even going to try to say some of these names, but it's named after the smoked haddock that is used in Scottish fish chowder. There you go. And that's all I need to say. (laughs) (laughs) So the Hattie hat has an all-around herringbone pattern. It's a fairly basic hat, and I knit most of mine in one night. So this is another idea for a quick gift knit yes definitely yeah and gail has finished hers so i'll let her tell you more about it next segment because those are the three things that i am knitting on how about you what are you knitting i am knitting right now on a secret project that charlene mentioned on our last episode and it's a group project that a number of us are working on, and that's all I'm going to say right now, because (laughs) we will be able to reveal more about this secret project in the future. And the only other thing I've been working on occasionally is my clementine or clementine cowl, which has been in my rotation for a little while now, and that's the cowl by Spin Cycle Yarns, and I'm using Charlene's hand spun that she gifted me in a gradient pink with a gray background and it's a really cool checkerboard like pattern. They call it a polka dot pattern, but to me it looks more like a checkerboard, not waffles, like the like a cloud, mm-hmm. but a checkerboard. And it's all done in slip stitches and it's really, really pretty. But the secret project has been higher priority. So it has taken most of my knitting time recently. And that's what I've been knitting. And what have you finished? The only thing that I have finished is my section of 
the gift that that's in your hands. Okay, well that was significant. So <laughs> everyone will understand. Significant portion in the of knitting. Yeah, we can tell more about it. Yes. So what have you finished? Gail? I've finished a few things. So I did finish my Hattie hat by Elizabeth, and it was a very fun knit. So it is knit in either bulky weight yarn or DK weight yarn held doubled, which is what I did. I used the remainder of my yarn that I used for Mike's sweater, which is a Western Sky Knits Polworth silk blend, held doubled. And mine took me more than an evening because I was spacing it out while knitting the secret project. So I didn't have a lot of dedicated knitting time, but it's a really easy four row repeating herringbone stitch pattern. And for some bizarre reason, I mine took me longer for this bizarre reason. I knit about mm, three inches of hat and looked at the pictures on the pattern and looked at my <laughs> hat. Uh, this really just doesn't look right. It looks very odd. Somehow, I just didn't knit the third row of the four row repeat on every single repeat that I had already knit, which is like three or four repeats of the pattern. That is I don't so know funny. How... You just totally blocked out an entire row. I did. That it's the so weirdest funny. thing. So I had to rip mine back to the brim and start again because that just wasn't going to work. So <laughs> there are four rows in that pattern repeat in case you somehow space out like I did and somehow only knit three of them. But it's a super fast moving project because of the thick yarn. You don't have very many stitches on the needle. And it's a very rhythmic pattern that's very easy to, I didn't quite memorize it, but to keep in your mind. So very great knit, super fast knit, great hat for a gift. And that was Hattie by Elizabeth Doherty. I also finished the other test knit that I was working on, the Rustic Elegance Shawl by Jen Sheelan, and that's not released yet, but it will be soon. And I love how it turned out. It's so pretty. Last episode, I kept saying it was broken rib, and that is absolutely not true. It's broken garter stitches. Oh, yes, okay. I, my cold medicine was affecting <laughs> me greatly last episode. There are two sections of the shawl that repeat. There's the rustic section, which is broken garter stitch, and there's the elegant section, which is lace. And I used Manos del Uruguay Allegria yarn for the rustic section in a colorway called magenta. And then I used one of Jen Sheelan's yarns for the elegant section, the lace sections, which is called balloons, and it's a very light color with very pretty different color speckles in it. And it is just magnificent. It's very big. The shawl, it's all, I used almost every last bit of both skeins of yarn. Wow. And so it's a very big shawl. It's knit on the bias, so it starts tiny and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it ends with some of the lace. And I blocked it. It's not quite dry because we're kind of moist right now, the air is. Mm -hmm. But it's almost finished. I cannot wait to take pictures because it's just so pretty. So really love that FO. That's Rustic Elegance by Jen Sheelan. And I finished row 15 of my sock yarn blanket. And I wanted to mention that because I was knitting on it when we had my family craft day. So this is a tradition that my family used to do. Every Friday after Thanksgiving, a bunch of us would get together and this was back in the days when people made handmade Christmas ornaments that had potpourri and hot glue guns and lace <laughs> and quilting frames and things like that. And that's what we used to do every Thursday. I'm sorry, every Friday after Thanksgiving. It was always a really fun day. 
and we've gotten out of the habit. So I said, hey, who wants to get together? And it was just three of us, my mother, my Aunt Julie, and me. I was there, obviously. And we had it at my aunt's house, and my aunt is a phenomenal quilter. And the joy of this day was not just spending it with two of my favorite people in the world, but we got to see the stash and works in progress mm-hmm. of a different crafter. That's we went, so cool. Oh, so neat, you guys. We went into Julie's stash room, which is a bedroom in her house that is devoted to her quilting because you need space for your sewing machine and for your ironing board and you need a lot of space to lay things out and she had a beautiful quilt top in progress on the floor and she pulled out at least eight different works in progress quilts that she had everything from the quilt top is finished to it needs to go to the quilting person who does all the amazing quilting parts to she's just starting to put it together every variation of work in progress for a quilt you can imagine and the stash. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> as knitters and crocheters and crafty fiber people, we have stashes, of course. But to see the stash of a quilter was just another level. She had everything organized in giant bags by color. And then she had her Hawaii prints and she had this and she had that. And we spent an hour and a half just looking through her stuff. And it was really, really fun. That's it was, very cool. Yeah, the different perspective was very eye-opening and you know you're a kindred spirit yeah you know it was i have to bring julie into my house and show her all of my works in progress and all of my and yarn stash exactly so that we she understands because she kept apologizing <laughs> and Aww. acting embarrassed for all of the stash and i said julie we totally get it you do not have to apologize to us so it was a really fun day and the other super awesome thing that happened that day my mom finished her first ever sweater for herself. Oh, yeah. She has been working on Donner, a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty that Charlene and I have both knit. Charlene's knit it twice. And she has been working on this for a very long time, mm. a year, two years maybe. Oh, wow. And she finished weaving in the ends while we were sitting there talking. Julie was hand stitching a quilt. I was knitting on my sock yarn blanket and my mom finished her Donner and it looks spectacular. That's awesome. So it was really just a really delightful day. So hopefully we will be doing that maybe more often than just once a year, but definitely we're going to reinstitute the Friday after Thanksgiving craft day. So those are the things that I've finished. Okay. In this episode, we have a special interview and we'll just let that interview speak for itself. So thank you very much for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone, and thank you for sticking through this episode. I'm sorry I didn't speak as much as I usually do. I'm getting over the cold. Just like Gail had a cold last week, this week is my turn. turn. So So happy knitting, and don't forget, the self-indulgent knit-along starts December 21st. time to make plans. Get ready. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Enjoy the interview. Bye-bye. We have a special guest on the podcast today. We are very, very happy to welcome Monica, who we've had the joy of meeting in person. She is the organizer of the charity Compassionate, and it's a local to us charity run out of San Francisco. And welcome to the podcast, Monica. Please give us your name, Ravelry name, and the name of your Ravelry group. Hi, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, my group is Compassionate. It is Compassion, K-N-I-T, 
And we have a Ravelry group also under the name Compassionate, as well as a Facebook group under the name Compassionate. Oh, okay. Oh, I would have forgotten the Facebook yes. group. Yes, <laughs> I would have too. <laughs> and your Ravelry name, I usually look for you as Compassionate, but you are Nitster Monica, right? Oh, Yes, Mr. Monica, and that's Monica with a K. Yeah, so oh, okay. yeah, I, I remind myself of that every time I try to contact you. So. <laughs> and, so, Monica, thank you for introducing yourself, and we've had the joy of meeting you in person before, which is great. You're just such a personable person, and your charity is so great. So will you tell us a little bit first about yourself, and then a little bit about Compassionate? Sure, thank you so much for saying that. Uh, I am an attorney full-time. I run my own practice. I moved to the Bay Area in 2006, and I decided at that time my practice was going to solely focus on children. So I represent kids from early teens to up to 21 years old who've been in trouble with the law. And that's kind of what led me to Compassionate. Um, My parents have always instilled the value of being of service to those who need it. And I think within a couple of years, it became really clear to me that these kids were really missing a sense of self-worth. And that was kind of leading them down the path of getting into trouble. I could tell when I was there fighting for them, believing in them, that it really lit them up. And some had even said, this is the first time I feel like someone believed in me. And so thinking about how I could turn my hobby, which at that point was knitting, Mm -hmm. now it's an obsession, (laughs) (laughs) um, into kind of trying to meet that goal. I know I can't solve everyone's problems, but I thought maybe this at least is one part. And so I just came up with this idea, why not knit for these kids and give them something that tells them, look, we cared enough for you to do this. You matter. That's really nice. Yeah, that just made my, I'm almost crying. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when you, as a charity knitter, I always hope the person on the other end gets the the heartfelt love that comes through the knitting but to hear you say it like that it just gives more personality to the person at the receiving end yes definitely definitely thank you how do you find the recipients who receive all of the lovely knitted things that you receive well first it was through google trying to find what were the local homeless shelters that focus just on teens. And surprisingly, and a little sadly, there are quite a few. Mm -hmm. Um, There's several in the city itself, and there's some in Oakland and San Jose and the surrounding areas and down in the peninsula. So I started that way. Then it became kind of trial and error because surprisingly, some groups wouldn't accept the hand-knit items. Really? And... Yeah, I was really discouraged to hear that. Um, I was given several excuses. Some would say they didn't have the storage for it. Others would say that they had to have matching sets for every youth. Um, Mm. And I just thought I was just okay. You know, I just, I don't know if it's just a value I was raised with, but I don't believe in turning away generosity. So over the years, it's been about nine years now, I've narrowed down to a handful of groups that accept the donations. They're always filled with gratitude for them, and so it makes me feel good to give to these groups. And also, 
because I work in the juvenile court system, I regularly interact with foster children. So I've started shifting some of the donations towards foster children as well. Wow. So then you know some of your recipients, you may have met them personally. Yes. That was something I was thinking about is that I, most of the time I'm just delivering to the group, the shelter, because there are really strict confidentiality laws about seeing these children, which I understand we have the same uh, both at the court and in my practice. Mm-hmm. But because I was hand-delivering to foster children that I saw in court, I did get to meet them personally, and I can't even tell you how much joy it gave me to give these items to those kids because they were so thankful. I can remember the first group. It was a family of four. It was a warm summer day, which in the peninsula it gets to be pretty warm compared mm-hmm. to the city. And they came into court all wearing what I had just given them. Aww. It was so sweet. <laughs> That's so nice. That is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised and disappointed to hear that there are groups that don't accept the generosity, but I'm glad that you found the right fit for the things you receive. Because earlier, before we turn on the microphone, you mentioned the number of people in the Ravelry group. How many people are in your Ravelry group? Uh, last I checked, there was about 311, and in the Facebook group, I want to say there was about 212, 215, and there's not a lot of overlap. Some people in Facebook aren't on Ravelry, and some on Ravelry aren't part of the Facebook group, so it's actually a, a really big group. I get a lot of donations now compared to in the beginning where I did most <laughs> of the knitting while I just waited for people to join in. Wow. So about 500 people contributing to Compassionate. How did you get the people who knit for you? I mean, what were your yeah, steps to you re- start? recruit how do you people? get but, yeah. donations? Yeah. Recruit donations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it literally was just waiting and hoping. I opened up a rivalry group. I, ha- I was part of a knit group. So I had told my friends in the knit group and then I just waited. I, like I said, I did most of the knitting And then slowly but surely, you know, the generous community of knitters that we have, people would do a search for charity for San Francisco, and word of mouth started getting out. But I think my biggest search was, I don't know if you were a part of this, but there was a big Ravelry um, meetup here in San Francisco. Um, Oh, gosh, I want to say 2010 or 2011 organized by a group of women here. It wasn't actually endorsed by Ravelry. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. I did not attend, but I remember hearing or reading about the event. Yeah, they actually contacted me and asked me if I would man a table. They wanted a charity table. So they promoted my group, and um, it was such a huge turnout, and a lot of people brought handed items. So that was probably my biggest surge in membership was thankfully to these women who asked me to be at that meetup, which was a lot of fun. I wish it was still going on. And were the people who contributed during that event, have they been consistent contributors ever since? Yes. Oh, that is so cool. I have a really strong core of people that have been around since the beginning or since that event. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, Yay, another another Ravelry win, right? <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. When I opened up Facebook, I think that was solely word of mouth because, you know, Facebook's so big, it's not really search-friendly. Like, I don't think you could put 
San Francisco and that would pop up. So most people that would join would tell me they heard about it from a friend. Okay. And I can't remember where I heard about Compassionate originally. I might have just done a search, just like you you said other people have found you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yay for the search functionality <laughs> in Ravelry too, because that's pretty phenomenal. Absolutely. I'm so grateful to have that platform. I think all of us are in so many different ways grateful for Ravelry, right? I mean, it's just opened <laughs> yeah. up this whole world mm-hmm. to all of us who knit and crochet and craft. It's just fantastic. Specifically. Absolutely. I know I was really resistant in the beginning. I was resistant to social media in general. Yeah. I was just really shy about putting it all out there on the internet. But oh, now I'm just, I don't know where I would be without Ravelry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have seen your posts on social media where you post pictures on Instagram specifically is where I have seen them. And you probably post these on the Facebook page as well. But you post images of a lot of the lovely items that you receive. So I'm wondering specifically what items does your charity re- request or and receive? So, again, going back to I'm a firm believer in not turning away generosity, (laughs) I accept anything. Oh, okay. And I have received everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) from full-blown handmade quilts to um, gloves, mittens with fingers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I won't even knit. (laughs) Um, And people also send hand-sewn backpacks and bags for the oh, kids. Wow. I want, because it is a knitting group, I want it to focus on hand knits, but I appreciate and won't turn down whatever people want to send in for these kids. Yeah. Wow. See, and that's another thing I really love about your charity is that likewise, you don't discriminate against different types of yarn fiber, correct? Correct. Right. Which a lot of charities have very specific requirements for various reasons, which I understand. But for you, I know that anything I knit with basically love in my heart is going to be received (laughs) by someone who will love it, even if it's not superwash or even if it's not 100% a specific fiber or, you know, whatever, the color or anything. And I also know Mm -hmm. that because you are servicing youth, the size range is very wide. So I know that almost anything I knit, you are going to have someone in your recipient group who can wear it. Yes. When I opened it up to foster kids, that really opened up the size range because they can be as young as newborn. And like I said, 19 clients can be as old as 21. And I've had clients that are six foot four at 16. (laughs) Yeah. Really, exactly. any size is going to find a home. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so you too. are one of those charities that everything goes, and it's just awesome. I love it. Yeah. Now, do you Thank ever you. do you ever have specific needs for specific things? Though I understand that anything goes, but I think recently you had a drive for fingerless mitts, if I'm correct. Uh, for mittens in general. Oh, okay. I tend to get an abundance of hats, which I completely understand because that is what I've been making recently as well. I I don't find joy in knitting scarves. Um, Hats are really quick for me, so I understand that when people 
sit down and want to squeeze in some charity knitting. They want to do an instant gratification project. Mm -hmm. But it can get really cold here in the city. And if we're talking about homeless youth that are living out on the streets, they need some additional warmth. So I did Mm -hmm. ask for mittens. Um, And like you just saw my recent post, I got 35 pairs of fingerless mitts from two women. Um, That's so awesome. Socks would be something I'd appreciate. I knit socks this year. I know those are a lot of work, but I'm just trying to think of how to balance this abundance of hats. I do get a lot of scarves and cowls as well to try to focus on other body parts that we need to keep warm for these kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so socks, that's an interesting idea. We were, our last episode, we were speaking about gift knitting and the idea of thicker weight socks than fingering weight. Is that something that could be used in the city also or because they're wearing? Absolutely. Okay. So it's not necessarily they're wearing shoes. So thicker socks aren't going to fit. So thicker socks are welcome too. Absolutely. Because even in some of the shelters, you know, they don't exactly have bedrooms with warm pajamas. So socks could, thick socks could help them stay warm overnight. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That's good to know because I will shift over to that a little bit if I can. Thank you. And what advice do you have in general for people who knit for charity? I would just say to focus with a lot of love because anything you make, from what I've been able to experience, is going to be well received. And so it's more of giving something with love. Of course, function is going to be important, but I don't focus so much on function because I just want to send the message to them. You are loved. We care about you. We made this just for you. So just put yourself out there, make whatever you want to make and send it because that's the the biggest obstacle I've seen is people tell me they've knit things but they haven't made it to the post office. They haven't been able to send it. I've even offered, well, you know, we can meet somewhere in the city if that's easier for you. But I think some people are still a little bit shy about coming Mm -hmm. off of social media, coming off of the internet to do something live. So just go for it. People need to feel loved. And if you just apply yourself, put your your love into your project, then that's what these kids are looking for. (laughs) That's so awesome, Monica. (laughs) Charlene and I both have these giant (laughs) smiles on our faces right now. One of the things that I like to recommend to people who knit for charity is look for something local. Finding a way to contribute to your community really makes hearts grow two sizes kind of thing. I think that really enhances the giving for the maker. That's definitely true. But I think that knitters, And they're regulars who live in warm climates. And they specifically say, I love to knit, but I can't wear what I make. It's way too hot. I can't gift it. It's too hot. There aren't really local groups I can give to. So they reach out to me and say, I know you'll find a home for these things. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Stay local if you can. Yeah. But don't feel that if there's nothing out there locally that you can't contribute because you can. Oh, of course. Very good point. Yeah, Yeah. very good point. And I 
Totally agree, because I do know that there are a lot of knitters out there in warmer climates that will never wear mittens, myself included. Yeah, because <laughs> we're lucky enough to have homes in the Bay Area, so we don't need mittens. So, yeah. yeah. Right, right. You know, I actually had a, a knitter from New Zealand send in donations. Oh, wow. wow. That's actually very cool. Yeah, she, that is. she was one of the, the very first contributors. She had done a search on Ravelry, and... She had lived in San Francisco before, and like most people who've lived here, your heart just never leaves here. Right. And she said she really wanted to contribute to the children here, and she sent a big box. The shipping was so expensive. I was so grateful that she was willing to do that. But see, there was that personal connection. She used to live in San Francisco, so maybe... Not necessarily local, but local and or some kind of personal connection. Yep. It's some kind of human connection. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did want to say one thing you mentioned earlier about people commenting that they've knit, but they haven't made it to the post office or something. There is the extra cost for charity knitting of postage. And I'm always shocked when I go to the post office to send something and it's that so it's expensive. expensive. It really yeah. is. So that's is. that's definitely something that yeah. has to be considered if you're going to charity knit and send it off. But it's so worth it. It's just so worth it. It is. It, it, it is getting more expensive, unfortunately. But like I said, I have offered to try to meet halfway. And even people that live in the city say, oh, no, it's just faster for me to ship it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Easier for you, too. You don't have to go out of your way. True. Okay, well, Monica, thank you so very much for coming onto the podcast. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for what you do for the youth in the Bay Area. It's really phenomenal. And I really appreciate all that you do. Thank you to you both. I forgot to mention, I can't believe this, I forgot to mention that because you guys have been such generous contributors to Compassionate and very vocal about my group, you two have also sent a lot of people my way. So oh, I really? really appreciate the both Excellent. of you. Oh, wow. That that's makes neat. me happy too. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Nice. Well, okay. perhaps we will see you at Stitches, at Stitches in February. West. Absolutely. You know okay. I'll be there. Okay, right. we look forward to it. Have a great day. Thank you, Monica. You're welcome. Happy holidays. Okay, you, you too. too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.